Welcome to Running is Bullshit, I'm Stuart. And I'm Amy, and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. This is episode 109, and we're talking long races, short races, music at races, free races, race backdrops, racism, not good, and a load of other codswallop. A load of other codswallop, which is a weirdly polite way of us saying bullshit, but you'll see why later on. Amy, I've got a niche thing that's annoying me. It's niche, but I know it's not just me. It's one of these. It's one of the things I like because it's the little things that people don't talk about, and that's what I'm here to do: to shed light on these things and get yes. them out in the open, to raise awareness. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes you're running along, you need to switch sides of the path, or you're about to cross a road, or you're about to go through a narrow gate or something. And so, you know, as a diligent runner, you check over your shoulder first. The problem is, someone has just run past or cycled past you, and now as soon as you turn, it looks like you're turning to look at them. Mm. I get very paranoid about this. Yes, yeah. Especially if you can't, if it's a cyclist and you can't judge their speed, so you have to look back multiple times, Yeah. then it becomes really weird. Well, especially as a man, and if it's a woman that's just run past me or cycled past me, I'm looking over my shoulder. I look really creepy. <laughs> and I get really paranoid about that. But like, I, you know, I have to check over my shoulder because I need to switch or I've got the dog and I need to like make sure there's nothing coming the other way. And I know it happens to others because um, Holly said she was, this happened to her. She was walking with friends on a promenade and they did the same thing. They're about to move over to the other side and they just, I think like two or three of them looked over their shoulders to check. But just as they did, a guy was running past who was topless <laughs> and he actually noticed because he did a little fist pump and went, yes. Which is Aww. which is adorable. Bless him. <laughs> Made his day. He was like, oh, this whole group of girls all turned to look at me. Running topless has finally paid off. God. I have like the opposite thing as well, where if it's a man and I keep looking back just to see that they're not like trying to get past me or something, I don't want them to think that I'm scared of them. <laughs> so I'm like, so I look back and I like smile and then I look really weird. But I, oh, I, yeah, I want to make... I'm not sure I, if that's better. Yeah, I know. I, I, but I want to make a point like, I don't think you're a creep, but then I guess they could be a creep. I like, I'm making assumptions there, but I don't want to sort of stereotype. <laughs> yeah, you know, let's creep. not make assumptions. Some men are creeps, right? Exactly, let's just, exactly. Let's throw that out there. Let's accept it. And but be I, don't fine wanna, it. I don't want to stereotype some poor guy that's just cycling or running or walking for that matter as being a creep by me keep looking behind like i'm worried he's gonna run up to me but then i then i think to myself i get in this whole thing because i'm thinking maybe he is a creep that was gonna run up behind me and try and rob me or something but because i'm looking back yeah he's not, he's not doing it so well so far yeah. you haven't been attacked from behind so it's paying yeah. off yeah exactly exactly i don't know it's all it's, it's too it's too complicated <laughs> looking over your shoulder who knew it was such a minefield perhaps we should just be like normal pedestrians just never look or check or no. uh, have any awareness of ourselves whatsoever yeah just stop su- very suddenly and like tie our shoes bastards <laughs> i took a pause to have a little sip of my mug then i've got mug news everyone oh, it's God. very sad mug news you might see it on our instagram i've broken my bs mug no how did you break it just slipped off the draining board <gasps> cracked it very sad but don't worry i immediately went to our spreadsheet and i ordered myself another mug because i can't be without a bs mug that would be wrong and if you want to do that go to our website running click on the links to the spreadshirt merch shop and you know what between the 20th and the 23rd of may you can get 15 percent off that's pretty good Ooh, that is very good i've just ordered myself a hat finally well you've ordered about three hats but they haven't come and we've had to remove them from the shop because they can't print our logo because it's too bitty and small but this one you can because i've got one yes and i think i mentioned on the podcast before it it's not just an email they send you saying we can't print it you have to get into this whole conversation with them about do we do you want me to try and print it i said yes well we can't okay do you want us to cancel the whole order? No, not the whole order. Amy, Amy let's hat. not put people off. Let's not, let's not make people, <laughs> people think it's complicated. It's not. It's really easy. It's only Amy. You might have to have develop some sort of interpersonal relationship with the person at Spreadshirt to try and communicate what you want. But it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but inevitably, this has only ever happened to Amy. So yes, I think the rest true. of you are fine. Yeah, you're fine. you're fine. If you're ordering something like fairly simple and not complex, like a trucker hat, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, if you want a mug... If you want a dog bandana, if you want a tote bag, if you want a bucket hat. The t-shirts, the t-shirts are all fine. I've ordered Lovely. t-shirts Lovely. from there before, no issues. It's just it's just this one product that we've now taken off that, yeah, it was no bueno. I can look forward to me getting a new mug. That's fantastic. 
It's always sad when you break your favourite mug, isn't it? Oh, well, you know, it's not... I mean, it's not strictly my favourite <laughs> mug. You know what? No, because my favourite mug I've got here is this red one I've had for like 10, 11 years. And because it's just slightly bigger than a standard mug. What does it say on it? My mum? Yeah, my mug. Oh, my mug. I thought it said my mug. Yeah, mum. just so I know it's my <laughs> mug then. So then people don't get confused and think it's their mug because it's my mug. God, I've, I've had favourite mugs broken before and it's devastating oh yeah oh yeah it is tough like when this one goes honestly it's like 10 11 years i've had this and it will be really tough because it's just it's slightly bigger than a standard mug but not like a ridiculous it's not like your four or 500 milliliter mug but it's not like your 250 it's somewhere in the middle and i like that a lot anyway uh, let's catch up on the last episode and we'll leave some mug talk for later if any if anyone's got favorite running mugs um Mm. get in touch i guess send us a picture of your mug that's really cute, isn't it? It's a bit, it's a bit radio, a bit commercial radio, isn't it? Yeah. Send us your favourite mug and we'll post them on our Facebook page. Classic. I could do that. Anyway, um, so I am delighted how many of you last week had to stop and check your phones and laptops to see why it stopped playing in the middle of a section about how someone's podcast unexpectedly stopped playing. Oh, Always you should know it's better than that. You should know. So many people. It's because I left it a good, like, 10 seconds, which mm. is, like, a long while to leave a gap and uh ha 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 uh and on the subject of nipples grant Hood sure. said i have a roll of blue kinesio is that how you say that brand kinesio probably. tape probably kinesio tape that i cut into tiny ovals and these are what i use for nipple protection every time i go out running the adhesion is spot on a roll of tape lasts absolutely ages and i even find the cutting out of the ovals to be quite therapeutic so it's a big old win for me. It just seems like so much fuss. Yeah, that is a lot. I, I like tiny ovals. Yeah. Tiny how, ovals. How tiny are your nips, Grant? An oval? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not judging your nipples at all, but uh, tiny, tiny ovals. Oh, but it's nice and therapeutic. But yeah, that would make sense. Bit of, uh, bit of that weird kind of tape. It just seems like a lot of prep. Seems like a lot of prep to go out. Amy, you saw the photo on our cover of our last episode. I know, but I feel like you guys should have some sort of sports bra type situation happen. And I know sports bras can shape, but like some sort of situation like that where you can just put something on every every time. You don't have to cut little ovals. You don't. You're ruining the planet throwing these plasters away. You need some sort of sports bra device. Therapy without it, Grant Hood could go mental. Who knows what Grant is capable of without his tiny oval uh, cutting time. Mm, true true we had loads and loads of comments on jay's nipples from the last episode and lisa commented on facebook oh my god that is truly fucking awful which i thought you know it wasn't our best episode but i think that was a little harsh (laughs) i mean you know i know we asked for feedback and reviews but come on lisa that's that's me maybe don't put that on our apple Podcasts page please (laughs) yeah yeah don't yeah leave that review off thank you yeah (laughs) to encourage even more Great reviews. I've done something fantastic. What Some of my best work, I will argue. Uh, I'm just going to throw it right in now. In one single moment, your whole race can turn round. I walk along for a minute, staring straight into the ground. Swaying to the left slightly, then looking back down. Legs feel like they've caved in, proper sorry frown. Please let me run, at least just for a minute. I can walk, I can limp, I know I can't just bin it. The wicked thing about ultras is, you can take your time. But the cutoff is looming, there's still a big climb. I look around, the hills stare straight back at me. I don't know what to do, but this can't be what the end will be. Runners pass by offering words, but to them I'm deaf. Just considering the thought, my first DNF. Dry your eyes, mate. I know it's hard to take, but your mind has been made up. Time to pull out of this race. Dry your eyes, mate. I know you want to run to see how far you can go. But you've got to limp away now, it's over. So I let myself fall off the path to the side. On my knees, the whole race passes before my eyes. I raise my clenched fists up to wave at the skies, to shake them with whining and pathetic little cries. Cause I can't imagine why anyone would do this. All the pain I went through and the things I had to miss weren't supposed to be easy surely please please i'll finish 
please. I trudge on through the night towards the next checkpoint, assessing the pain in each tired muscle and joint. I've always finished every race that I've entered. I can't believe this run is over. I've gone and surrendered. Dry your eyes, mate. I know it's hard to take, but your mind has been made up. Time to pull out of this race. Dry your eyes, mate. I know you want to run to see how far you can go But you've got to limp away now, it's over As I wait the marshals say it's okay The pain in my legs won't go away But the thought that's gonna stay I'll come back another day Dry your eyes mate I know it's hard to take But your mind has been made up Time to pull out of this race I'm guessing for our international listeners The streets may well have passed them by But honestly, you're missing out This was one of their seminal songs A huge moment in music and uh, that is what I have done to it. And I think, I'm not going to say an improvement, but a, a well-needed variation. Definitely. That's all I can say. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> Amy hates to compliment. She just can't <laughs> quite bear it. Great. It's Either great. that or she hasn't actually really listened to it yet. I have. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> On to our tea update. Back onto mugs, kind of, I guess. Mugs go, tea goes in mug, mugs go in tea. I don't know. We've partnered with Bird and Blend, which means we'll tell you what tea we're drinking. And if you like the sound of that, you can go to runningisbs.com forward slash tea, click on the links and buy some tea if you want. We're not going to force you or hold a gun to your head. It's totally your free will if you want to buy some tea. Stuart, what are you drinking? Uh, Well, I've had some mug in my tea and I've had, I made myself a little cheeky chai latte with banana bread chai. A little Roy Boss with a little bit of banana, not overly, not like mega ridiculously banana-y, uh, and just, you, you know, your classic chai spices. And I just frothed up a little, got up some milk in the microwave, frothed it up, made a little cheeky chai latte just because I can. Nice. That's the way to live. How about you? I have butter brew. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. This is a good one. Like, you know from my my updates that I like my sweet teas I like mm-hmm. I like my teas very sweet uh, and this this is a really good one it's like a it's a good strong black tea so you can definitely taste it it's a, I think it's like a Sri Lankan black tea like your standard black tea that they use um, but it's definitely got like a caramelly creamy taste to it so it's yeah, a really why, nice balance I think it's we talked a lot about bonfire toffee and it's like that without the mm. smoke so if yes. smoky tea puts you off which is understandable it's just like a caramel tea yeah, it's like a if you if you are new to teas that are got not crazy but like flavors in, this is another good starting tea because you can definitely taste that it's a black tea and there's just a bit of sweetness with it. It's nice. Yeah, and, it, and if you're a Harry Potter wanky, you can get one of those as well and feel good about that for some reason. Yeah, it's meant. It, yeah, it's meant to be like the whole Harry Potter thing, but it's just a nice sweet tea. So yeah. <laughs> Get that done. Go to our website, and when you get through to the Burden Blend website, if you're a new customer, put in the code tea is not BS, and you will get some free chocolate digestive tea. More tea for you. Fantastic. Nice. Amy, you've been up to a thing. Tell us about the thing that you did. I did another thing. I did another one. I've done another ultra marathon as part. Two of out the, of six. Two out of six as part of, part of the Pegasus Slam. So this one was the Howam, which is the Heartlands of Wales Ultramarathon, and it's a 30-mile circular route in mid-Wales. Absolutely gorgeous route. Like my fa- I've, I've done two Pegasus events so far, the Vogum like several times, and then the Canham um, last month, and this is my favourite one so far. Like this is the route was like really, really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Really yeah. enjoyed it, really liked it. Um, wasn't off to a good start. Firstly, COVID. 
we spoke about on the last episode like yeah yeah, I, yeah. I had covid you know what i really wanted so pegasus do like most determined runner is one of their things like one of their um like awards and i really wanted it and i kept laying it on thick i was like yeah i've had covid <laughs> <coughs> i've had covid i was really unwell but i, I didn't get it spoiler alert i didn't get most determined Aww. runner went to somebody else i'm not quite sure what i need to do i guess i guess i need to be determined and i'm not actually determined yeah, i'm that, like yeah that i go fair. i go into all my ultras like yeah like i try but if if it gets too hard i'm dropping out mate and i guess well, that's I did, not well, determination <laughs> how what well, let's just skip ahead a little bit to your finish like were you like jogging and like fairly happy no i did like uh, so for most ultras when i've got like a, a mile a mile and a half that's when i start like properly like actually running like sprinting almost because i'm yeah. like i've usually got something in the tank because i take it so easy <laughs> so I, I look pretty whenever i finish people say oh you, you you look really fresh you don't look like you've run all those miles See, it's like that's yeah, not determination I've walked, I've walked most of them that's why <laughs> i've always thought like it doesn't matter what speed you cross the line if you look like you're trying like if you were really happy and running you could like sprint over the line people are like oh well done that's good for you if you're like yeah. and everyone would be like yes come on you get so much more support yeah. running really slowly but looking like you're really hard i think that's it and i think i need to have a cry at every checkpoint or at least yes. a cry at the checkpoint when lots of people are there and they can radio through to reese and say amy's looking bad i don't think she's gonna finish and then when i'm and then when i do finish like holy shit i didn't think you'd finish you must be so determined to have finished oh, i was like yeah even better walk to the finish when they see you then you start crying and then kind of start running like it's the last possible <laughs> thing that you can manage yeah. and get over the line and cry more then you'll get it yeah yeah that's got to be next time the vogum the vogum's going to be the one i've got to that's crack most determined no i'm not really anyone who's listening is doing the vogum i'm not really going to fake most determined don't worry what? yeah no, okay right sorry let, let's just go back to the let's beginning go back. so yeah 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 back to the beginning so didn't start off too well like leading up to the race i had covid and i knew this was going to be hilly i'm not that great well i'm okay on heels actually i'm quite strong in my legs like i do the gym a lot i have quite strong legs but i don't do a lot of hills so I, they sort of balance themselves out and i'm just like when it comes to it i'm okay at hills i take it slow and i'm okay and i do it um so i wasn't too concerned about the elevation and it was sort of a similar elevation well it was the same actually to what we did at the off the tarmac Pelavan race and that I could have carried on if it was like the weather wasn't shit I could have carried on and that was on very minimum training so going into it I wasn't that bothered about the elevation but then having COVID I was like shit that is gonna that is gonna affect that is gonna affect things and it did um partly I think was was my body still recovering from from COVID but then also I had like a month where I hadn't really run properly so I probably just lost just a bit of fitness so most the elevation was in the first half um and it felt like every time i walked because obviously i walked to the top of the hill my recovery was so slow at the top because normally i'd walk to the top of the hill and i'd be pretty much ready to start jogging again but i'd have to wait to my breathing to slow down to my heart rate to slow down like a lot longer and by the time that had happened i was at the next fucking hill so the first half was just pure pure walking like for sure it was just it was four i think it's four thousand four and a half thousand feet of elevation for the whole thing but most of that was in the first half i think somebody people were saying it was the equivalent of ben nevis in the first half um but and i was relieved because i thought this is just me with covid but a lot of people said the first half was like killer in terms of elevation just one hill after another um the other reason as well why I was I, I felt like I felt like I was struggling from the very beginning is because I only had three hours sleep. Um so we went and stayed in this lovely little cottage in, in Mid Wales, uh, me and Freya, um and my mum and her partner. And and we took the dogs. And Pippin was just a shit. So she wouldn't settle downstairs in her crate because it was somewhere new, I get that. So because it was late, I just brought her upstairs to our bedroom without her crate and put her bed on the floor and was like get in your bed and go to sleep it's it's like 1am go to sleep um, and she'd, she'd settle for a bit and then because she was confused she'd get up and start pacing the bedroom but because it's an old cottage everything creaked and then because the floorboards were creaking it would then also rattle this old bloody wardrobe thing they had in the room so the whole room was rattling every time she got up and she was getting up every 10 minutes. And I was going, Pippin, get in oh, your bed. Over and over. The next night, we just brought her crate upstairs. And she slept right through. Probably because yeah. she was fucking knackered as well. Because she'd been up all night. 
but she was just really out of sorts. And you know when you just think the next morning, why didn't I just get up and get her crate when the first time she woke me up? But you don't when you're tired. So, so yeah, I had hardly any sleep because Pippin was being a complete dickhead. So I thought, yeah, this is not gonna not gonna go well. But it was okay. Like that probably impacted things as well. But I think it was mainly sort of recovering from COVID and my body recovering. I just found the hills really, really difficult. But but it, I kept on keeping on. Like I kept I kept going. I didn't have because yeah, they're like not. Stop. They're, they're, there's no kind of monster single like steep climbs or anything like that. They just go on there's for a like, long time. So there's a couple of little slopes. Th- there's a few that are just really, really steep and like. They're, they're very short, but they're steep. So they, they sort of take the breath. They elevate your heart rate and you become really mm. out of breath. And like I said, just it was just my recovery. So I was like walking that off and it just took me longer to walk those little hills off. Mm. And then that bloody, the bloody fire roads going through that forest, mate. Yeah. That started, I think, at about 13 miles and it went on for two, I think it was like two miles or something. Just It felt like two miles just uphill on this fire road. I think it's further than that. Probably. It's definitely further. Yeah, I just yeah, had a quick yeah. look at your Strava. You were... You went you took from that from bottom of that sheep field mm. all the way to the top of the seven took just under two hours of just straight wall climbing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. And, I, and it was okay because when I saw it, I could see it on my elevation profile. So also the other great thing was I worked out how to do the route, which was good because I nearly got I would have gotten lost for sure if I hadn't done the route because I'm terrible. So I worked out how to do my navigation on my watch. And then the other thing was I had the elevation profile, so I could see this massive hill coming up, and I thought it. In my head, I thought it was going to be really steep because I hadn't zoomed in on that, it that much. But when I actually got to it, that sort of forest, that fire road mm, going up. Just long. It's just long. It wasn't like super, super steep. It just went on and on and on and on and on. So that kind of, that yeah. sucked. And then when you get to the checkpoint up there, which I think that was checkpoint two, then they want you to run out and out and back to the source of the River Seven. And let me tell you, just something mentally about that. I just want to say, no, I'm not bothered. I'm not bothered. Like, don't, don't worry about no, it. No, you're right. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'll go another day. I'm not bothered about the source of the River Seven. It was half a mile out, half a mile back. And it was just this mental thing of, I've got to go half a mile out, come half a mile back. I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. I know it's part of the route, but I can't be asked. Let's and it's not that it. exciting, is it? It's not, no. it's not at all interesting. It's, it's just a bog. Yeah, yeah. It's just a bog. Yeah, I don't even think I touched the post. I think I went up to it, took a picture. I took like a weird selfie where I looked miserable because I felt like I had to. I didn't even post it. And then I just I came back to the checkpoint. Um, but the, a lot of the rest of it was downhill, which was really nice. The only thing is, I, I felt like my legs had forgotten how to run because I'd been walking. It's probably the most I've walked in a race. I'd been walking non-stop for the first half. So the first five hours, I'd been non-stop walking. So when I came to run... I was doing this like weird, like, you know, that shuffle that ultra runners who have run like 200 miles do. <laughs> yeah. I was doing that, but I had energy to run. I just couldn't get my legs out of that like weird walking mode. Yeah. So that was like, that sucked. Well, so it, I it guess a lot running. of elevation in the legs as well. Like you've walked yeah. for a long time, but you've walked up a long way. The thing is, like, I had to consciously tell myself, like, pick your fucking feet up. Like, why are you shuffling? And once I started picking my feet up and getting into the flow... I was okay. I, it felt natural and it, it actually felt easier because the walking had tired me out. But when you start running, I think it's like slightly different muscles and stuff. So I actually felt mm. quite fresh when I was running. It was just like having to consciously tell myself, this is how you run. I know you've been walking for five hours. Like, this is how you need to run. Like, pick your legs up. So a lot of the second half, I was just doing this weird, like, shuffly thing. And, and the usual thing as well, with which I found with ultras, when there's a lot of road in the second half, it always kills my feet and my joints. So a lot of that, I, f- I feel like yeah, I could have, I feel like I could have worn road shoes on that one because it was a lot of like concrete and gravel and stuff. So when it got to like this, this really long road that went on forever in the second half, like the, the latter end, it was sort of about three, three miles out from the end, and it was this country lane that was perfectly runnable. But my feet and my joints and everything, every step, I was like, "This really hurts," you know, just for, just from like being on like tarmac and stuff all day. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So, but it was really beautiful. I felt good, which is the main thing. Like I didn't feel like I was gonna die. It was hard, but it wasn't like insanely hard. Um. I was bitten by a dog. <laughs> <laughs> As well. well okay well okay this is new information yeah i was bitten by a dog well i said bitten by a dog it wasn't anything like it wasn't that severe but um yeah. when i was coming down near the dam or whatever it is you know that big 
is it a dam? That big it's thing. a dam, yeah. Yeah, there's a dam near there. And I came down there and this little like terrier thing comes running, barking at me. And the woman's like, oh, it's friendly. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was, so I said hello to it. I stroked it, bit my hand, then started biting at my shorts and trying to pull them. And I was like, okay, okay. Piss off then. It's friendly. Yeah, like properly hurt. Like, it didn't break the skin, but it, it properly had a bite of my hand. And it was going <laughs> like that, which wasn't ideal. Um... Yeah, and the, the other big achievement is, so far, in the Pegasus Slam, no wild wheeze, no wild poos. Wait, so you didn't wee at all? Because there's no toilets I on didn't. the roof. Ah, there is, there is, there is. is. There? So. Oh, yeah, I missed, yeah, I first, missed them. The first checkpoint is the toilet, which is quite early on, but often I need it early on, because, like, getting up at 5am and trying to go toilet, it's just not working. Mm-hmm. So usually the first checkpoint is a good place to sort of sort oh, things out. Oh, yeah, of course, up. yeah, there was one there, yeah. So that was actually at the checkpoint. And then I knew before the race that there weren't many toilets. So I spoke I spoke to Bernadette McCarthy, you know, the ultra the queen. queen. I call her the toilet queen now because she yep. knows. She knows these things. When we did the Vogue together, she had a list of all the toilets, which is just what you need. Um, so I asked her and she like sent me a, a screenshot of Google Maps with a little circle around it showing me where this toilet was. So I had to go... I got to the toilet. It's actually where I met Freya as well. Um, Freya, um, my mum and her partner, came out to meet me. And uh, that's where I met them. And they, they knew where the toilet was. So I had to go a bit off the, the route to go to this this toilet. And then when I came back out, Freya's like, oh, you can carry on the course. Because Freya's not a runner, you know. She's like, oh, you can carry on the course. Just just cut across that field. And I was like, no, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. I've got I've to stick to the course. I should have done that. I added like no, half of my life. There would be a witch hunt. Added, people would be after you if i'd if i'd done that i would have probably done it in th- 30 miles 30.2 miles or something and instead by going back to the bloody route like a dickhead i added like half a mile on that didn't need to be added on well you shouldn't have gone to the toilet then should yeah, you i know i know probably probably but i should i should have maybe cut across that field i mean we know we know the dangers of cutting courses now come on we, we know not to do that i know i know just twitter like... will be after and you. it was down some i had, had to go uphill to get to this toilet and then i had to go back down the stairs like back down to get back on the route to only go back up again so i don't know i feel like i, sh- I should have maybe cut the course like it doesn't really matter but who cares <laughs> you know <laughs> I did, I did the honourable thing. You would only be cheating yourself. Yes, I would. I would. So, so yeah. So, the Howam was actually... Yeah, it was good. I really enjoyed it. Wasn't too awful. Way more walking than I would have liked, but it was tough and I just wanted to get it done. Um, and the weekend was nice. Staying in this, lov- like I said, this lovely little cottage. Uh, and Pippin, other than being a dickhead at night, she also dug up a nest of field voles and was walking around with one in her mouth like a baby, like it was her baby. <laughs> so that that also happened as well the next day. The next day what? after, and the thing is, the 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 garden was like it was it was a lovely cottage. The garden was this very like almost up the side of a valley, and then the cottage was un- underneath like this valley. So the garden was very steep. So my legs are absolutely killing me, and I can see Pippin digging. I'm like, what are you doing? And I'm I'm sort of trying to make my way up the garden. And then she's running off with something. I'm like, what have you got in your mouth? And I thought it was a snail. So I was going to reach in to get it. Lucky yeah. I didn't. I said, drop it. And she dropped like a baby field vole that's still like Aww. wriggling and stuff out of her mouth. I'm like, why were you taking that? I think she thought it was a, her baby, you know? <laughs> that's, all, that's all you need, like chasing a dog but with a vole in its mouth. Perfect, yeah, yeah. After you've just, uh, just run 30 miles. So, yeah. Cool. I'm I'm glad you got on with the hills. I was kind of I was worried that you like the hills would just finish you off. It was all right actually. Like like I said, yeah. I'm I have strong legs. So although I don't do hills very often, I do other stuff like the gym mm-hmm. and stuff. And I think that's what got me through. I am for future ultras, especially like the Edom. I'm definitely going to get some hill training in because I, I need it. But it wasn't. I could have done another 10 miles. Like, I could have done a 40 miler, like, on that. I, by the end of it, I wasn't completely done it. It was okay. Yeah. And 10 hours exactly as well. Nice. It was. I know. I, it, oh, is, is that a nice, is that nice around number? Or would it, you, not, I guess 9.59 is nicer. I would have liked to snuck in in single figures. But at the same time, like I said, I pretty much walked most of it. So yeah. it's like, whatever. It's like 10 hours. You didn't win, fine. so it doesn't really matter, does it? I nearly did. <laughs> so close so close but the person behind you was the most determined so perhaps I you should know. have been slower and you would have been more determined oh, I want to know what was her secret how did she have did she have covid did she only have three hours sleep perhaps she's actually determined 
Yeah, maybe. But perhaps yeah. that's the secret. Uh, maybe yeah. they're just listening. Hiding in plain sight. They're probably just listening to me saying to people, like, yeah, if it gets hard, I'm just going to drop out. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. It's like the opposite of determined. <laughs> Good for you. Two down, four to go. Yep, and it's only like three weeks till the next one, so... Yeah. yeah. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Anyway, what have you been up to? <laughs> um, very much the opposite to you, as usual. Um, I did the return of the Penturk Hill Race, which is a really fantastic local community race. Uh, last held in 2019, has been off for ages. They finally managed to bring it back. It's one of these races, like previously, when I wanted to enter it, to find information for it, you had to download a PDF from the parish website. It's that kind God. of race. And I love it for that. No, it's one of those things I really like it for being that local. It's it's not, I think a running club does support it, um, but it's put on by people in the community because they want people to come there and run around and go to the rugby club afterwards. It's one of those kind of races and I love it for that. It's about seven miles up and down the tallest hill in Cardiff twice. Uh, and it's just fantastic. The last two miles is just like a sprint downhill on road, which is really, really tough and over a cattle grid as well, which I love. The, my favorite thing about it is there's St. John Ambulance Point next to the cattle grid on the way down the hill, which is like, oh, yeah, that's a useful place for it because you have to like you're sprinting down a steep road. You have to cross the cattle grid and that's where they are. But I think like if they just moved down a bit, they could just open the gate next to the cattle grid yeah. and you wouldn't have to like risk it. And also the cattle grid is like two and a half, three meters. I'm like, do you think I could jump it? I think I probably could jump it. Do I want to risk jumping it? probably not a good idea yeah the risk yeah far right way is the benefits <laughs> it does sound fun but yeah fantastic race uh done it a couple times before did it an hour and a one minute which was a couple of minutes quicker than i'd done it before wasn't going to get any quicker than that but yeah really really enjoyed it um fantastic local race um i've also done two mile races because i love those as well i love a mile race i love the pain and the blood and the determination. I encourage loads of people to do them as well. And uh, two people that did them for the first time on the first one that we did, two of them reported back to me to say they could taste blood, nice. which is a good thing. As long as you're not peeing blood, you're all right. Yeah, that. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it's so short, you probably don't. You don't get to that point. Um, so I was really, really happy. And again, proper local races put on by a running club. Uh, if you're in South Wales, look up Cardiff Running Events. Fantastic SEO on that name look them up because they're cheap races they're really friendly they're well supported they're really competitive but in a good way there's lots of really good runners there but there's a really wide range and everyone is just competing for themselves and it's really kind of friendly and local and i you know whatever you might if you're not in a club whatever you think about club races might think of that a bit scary really really not the case uh, i really enjoyed that and for both of them i had really good races as well so i was like up against people in my club uh, the first one was just like a straight race like a hundred of us uh, but the second one was it's a really good idea they split it into 10 separate races so like no matter what your speed is if you're a nine minute mile runner or a four and a half minute mile runner depending on where the seeding is in your race you could end up at the front and you could win a race and it's such a great opportunity because when do you ever get to do that when do you get to run an eight minute mile and win you know it's, it's and i just love it for that because it's such a different thing to think about then um, and for both of those, I was right with people. Uh, I got beaten by the people I was uh, racing against. But never mind, I ran 6.01, I ran 5.56 a week apart. So I was really happy that I got a bit better. And yeah, just had really great fun racing people over such a short distance. is really intense. Amy, you would hate it. Yeah, it's like my worst nightmare. <laughs> um, and I also did... Uh, just because I actually remembered I need to start doing long runs. I did a long run at last. I actually ran 19 miles. Mm. Uh, I did like my normal club run and then just carried on all the way around Cardiff Bay. But it's just one of those runs where I just ran on tarmac and flat. And so I didn't really stop for walks. And it was very strange. I think I got to like 19 miles. I think I got to three hours and I just walked home for the last mile and a half because I couldn't be bothered to run anymore because I was bored of running. <laughs> really not used to that. So I'm doing long runs. I'm doing short races. I'm doing, I was about to say, I'm doing everything. I'm really not doing anything else. So that's been really good. My training is actually starting. Mm -hmm. Now, I've got to say, though, what I found recently, I've really found running a bit of a chore recently. Like those in-between runs, like normal or out of midweek runs, have been really hard work to get out. And every time I go out to run, I just feel really shit. Now, I know it's because I've done a few races recently and I've done, like, this long run. But I just, whenever I go out for a run, I just think, how am I ever going to run fast again? I don't understand how it is in like, you know, sometimes I think I've got a race in two days. I feel like absolute dog shit. 
I don't understand how it's... But like whenever I go to race, it seems to go quite well. So I don't quite know what that is. Perhaps I should just be confident and believe in myself. But That's the latest stuff, isn't it? To run everything slow and then and fast in a race. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I do. But it just psychologically, it does kind of mm. get to the point of like, how am I going to run fast? I don't understand. Mm. I seem to be able to pull it out of the bag for the moment. So I'll go with that for now. Uh, you know what? If you want even more bullshit or you want even more Codswallop, you can check out episode 263 of Talking Codswallop in which Amy and I were guests. Ooh. And I might say, about time we're on someone else's podcast, to be quite honest. Yeah. I thought we'd be much more in demand. Uh, not happened. Four and a half years in, finally got the opportunity. So a big thank you to Gemma and Andy for giving us loads of time to ramble on about our early running and starting the podcast and just kind of chatting about stuff. It's quite nice. Yeah. It was, it was it was just like a chat it was, it was nice. a good long well over an hour and i think i kept thought they were gonna get bored of us and tell us to stop but they were happy to let us go on so yeah. check out talking codswallop definitely i've got another thing to talk about got more stuff more weird stuff pre-race music we said at the top there we want to talk about pre-race music and i've been out supporting a bit recently because i'm a good person so we've been out supporting races as well for my club mates and while standing a good half mile down the road from the start line the other day i could faintly hear the pre-race music and eventually figured out it was Ness and Dormer, which you've got to say is a bold choice for a 5K with a start-finish line on a suburban high street. It's, you know, it's the Welsh Championships for 5K, so it's kind of a big event, but I don't think it's quite as grand as Ness and Dormer. That needs to be a big thing, surely. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. whoever's doing it needs to be incredibly good. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, good for them for ambition, but a very bold choice. Possibly one of the things... I don't think a runner really wants to listen to that either. <laughs> I don't think anyone's standing there going, oh, you know what, this is going to get me through. <laughs> yeah. And I did hear those closer to the action reported it was not the most inspiring rendition of it either, which is unfortunate. So we asked on the social media, what is the weirdest and all the worst pre-race music you've encountered? Amy, have you come across anything in particular? No, because I haven't done like city races in a while, and I feel like that's where. Oh, that, that's where they usually play them. I will refer back to what I said <laughs> um, on the podcast like a few years ago now, where I did Reykjavik half marathon, and they were playing. And I can't remember the name of the song now, but it's that Kanye West song, and it goes, "You're such a fucking hoe." I love it. <laughs> that one, but the uncensored version. I just thought like blasting. And, and I Get said, ramped up. I said on the podcast as well, like. If it was a country where very few people spoke English, I'd get it, like why they were playing the uncensored version. But it's Iceland. Everyone speaks very good English. Everyone knows what those words mean. Were you on the start line thinking, you know what, I am a fucking hell. I'm going to have this. I'm going to win this. I know it. I'm going to win it. So, yeah. uh, We did at the Howham, uh, we sang happy birthday to someone, which was nice. Like literally right before we started. I think Reese had done his pre-race whatever it's called you know the chat brief. a brief that's the that's the word i'm looking for the brief uh, and there was a few minutes left so he's like has anyone got a birthday and somebody's like it's mine tomorrow so we all sang happy birthday and oh t- tomorrow no, yeah i okay. know i know early birthday i wouldn't have sang it yeah yeah but yeah we all sang happy birthday so. oh that's lovely um well because we're in wales welsh national anthem is pretty standard around here you get those at mm. quite a few events like the big events cardiff half and also some of the smaller ones as well and it just kind of occurred to me does anyone ever sing God Save the King before a race? Because I feel like that would be really strange. Welsh National Anthem feels quite nice. Yeah. British slash English National Anthem, that would feel really strange. Perhaps I've been in Wales too long. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm trying to think if I've actually done any races in in England. I have done some races in England, but like smaller races and like, like yeah, but I haven't done many races. So, yeah, I don't know. If you're it in would, England, it, let us know. Do you think God Save the, well, the King it would now? Feel, it would feel really jarring to me and I don't know why. Considering I am English, but yeah, yeah the Welsh national anthem feels quite nice. It's, so, yeah, yeah, I that, think the Welsh national an- anthem is like a nice song, isn't it? <laughs> true, yeah, that's true. Um, okay, so we had a, a few people come back to us. So we had Luke Daniel, who said the Reading Half Marathon, nineteen ninety eight, going old school here, mm-hmm. said Chariots of Fire, followed by Yuri Geller in person cleansing our woo. That's mad. Chariots of Fire is a dreadful song. 
I was more thinking and of Yuri Geller. Jeez. I mean, yeah, I mean, that I was going to get to that. But like before a race, chariots of fire is not useful. <sighs> but then you, I suppose Yuri Geller was a thing in 1998, wasn't he? Oh, he, was, he, he used to bend spoons, didn't he? His spoon bend. No, he didn't. That's no, the thing. No, he didn't. Not really. Well, no, I don't. Even, I know he didn't literally bend spoons <laughs> with his mind. I'm saying that was his shtick, wasn't it? Like. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, that was his thing. God. Yeah. I don't actually think he actually bent those spoons. You know? st- he is still around. I've seen, I saw him is on he? something a few years ago and he is still mental. He is, isn't he? Yeah. Claire Allison said, Katrina minus the waves, <laughs> singing I'm Walking on Sunshine from a balcony in London before an overpriced BS 10K. <laughs> That yeah, that that sounds like it all fits. Um, it was unusually hot, and people were collapsing before the race even started. <laughs> Jesus, I'm seeing. I'm walking on sunshine in the heat while people are collapsing. That's hilarious. Um, they had us penned in for ages with no water. None of us were walking on sunshine that day. That is hilarious. That's like a sketch or something, isn't it? I'm sure they thought that was, this would be a lovely idea, but <laughs> as it turns out, not not ideal. No. Catherine Fenton says, not at the start of the race, but Santa Claus is coming to town was playing when I crossed the finish line at London Marathon last year. Fucking hell, Catherine, how long did you take? (laughs) That is, you know, you see the video of the last finisher, London Marathon, at least he finished on the same day and not eight months later. Jesus. God. Alec Lodge said, any song can be terrible if it gets stuck in your head for an entire race. Be very careful what you're listening to on your way to an event. Mm. that is very true especially yeah. for like an ultra if you haven't got headphones or something with your some kind of race where you haven't got headphones whatever gets stuck in your head can be bad yeah yeah definitely and and cz cz uh replied to us to say the ultra runners theme by stew stuck <laughs> with me for a good part of a 54k race i did this january horrible experience <laughs> Horrible experience. <laughs> it really is. God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Gabby Naya said, I must be doing the right kind of races, as thankfully I have not experienced odd music at the start. I did one race, though, where the race was started by the Duke of Devonshire. God. He was literally waving at all the runners going past him, and that was weird and nice at the same time. <laughs> I guess perhaps if you're on their land, they might turn up, but yeah. I can't imagine how many people are like, oh, the Duke of Devonshire. I feel like it's, you know, ah. Uh, man's greatest game hunting the human you know what i mean like i think i feel like it's the start of a hunt where he's gonna send the hounds out and isn't that like a book or a film or something where they where they hunt down the human yeah yeah i think that's reasonably common among dukes they love that kind of thing don't they yeah 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 (laughs) that is very strange Uh, if you've experienced any weird pre-race music obviously let us know we need to know about these things Mm. and if you want to hear some pre-race music at some point uh we've got another competition Great link. Yay, I know, I know. It's, it's like on the fly there. Uh, but because we're too lazy to think of something original, we're offering another opportunity to win an entry to a race of your choice within reason. Yeah, no £270 races again, please. No. Uh, to take part, just email us, runningisbull at gmail.com. Tell us why you don't want to run a race. Perhaps it's too hard or a bit too far, a bit too different, or you just don't have 50 quid handy at the moment. That's all fine. Just let us know, amuse us, and we'll announce the winners in two episodes' time. Hey, and of course, you've got to give us a report. You've got to be prepared to give us a report as well, because part of this is, a, well, most of this is about con- you generating content for us. Yes. <laughs> Yes. And please try something different. Have a look at your local races. Have a look around. Think about something you wouldn't normally want to give a go at. You wouldn't. Re- I don't really want to splash out the money on this because it might be a bit weird. Have a go at something different for a laugh. Uh, let's move on. You can support this podcast by going to patreon.com forward slash running this bullshit and donating money every month. New to the list of this month is Tom Alcock. Thank you very much, Tom. Here is everyone else. Caffeine, Andy Nichols, Charlie Neverson, Karen Blay, Stuart Stevens, Francis Howe, Sherry Grubbs, Matt Burroughs, Elliot Line, Matt H. H. Matt Reed, Matt Kozowski, Luke Daniel, Rizky May P, Ruth 
Katie, Debbie, Hurley, Claire, Davis, Black, Chelsea, Tom, Alcock, Liz, Reese. Gabriel, Thomas, Naya, Elizabeth, Shaban, Ivor, Hewitt, Derry, Raymond, Quinn, Paul, Hibbert, J. Kirk, Shepherd, Ian, Hales, Adam, Atkinson, Angela, Foster, Swales. Jenny Tenesby, Cassie Howe, Anthony Howe, Erin Shaw, Shambolic Addict, Jason Spinks, Noms, Dawson James, Lampert, Sophie Jacks, Amanda Murray Hines. Matt Jones, Andy Robbins, Duraning, Len Martin, Tony Howe. Matt Newbury, Penny Simpson, Dawn Shepherd, Sophie Nichols, Rachel Bentley, Rachel Bullmore, Violet Grepp, Bernadette McCarthy, Julia Page, Matt Garner, Catherine Fainton, Nikki Genders, Trish Alton, Jordy Thelwell, Lee Wood, Victoria Dick, Gregory C, Claire Dina, Ian Thompson, Jay House, Clark, Gilmore, Gale, Seal, Baron Simpson, Kath, Everett, Martin, Kaplan, Vicky Robbins, Lisa Gibbon, Karen Hamilton, Maria Wicks, Jonathan Carter, Carl Fleming, Kel Ryder, Sam, Whaley, David, Irwin, Steve, Robson, Victoria Magnus, Samantha Benson. Don't forget to get in touch with your running bullshit on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Just search Running's BS. Let us know what you particularly hate running this week. Uh, we had a great story from Alec Lodge at the London Marathon. So upon getting to the bag pickup, he was told his bag wasn't there. And just to have a seat while they look for it. Luckily he had his phone on him, pulled it out and he saw he had a £5 donation to his just giving. Along with the message, my wife was given your bag by mistake. Only just spotted the error. We're at the QE Centre now along with the guy's mobile number, which didn't work. Alex decided to get to the QE centre to find him, but had no luck just walking around randomly asking, have you seen a runner with a bag? Not going to get anywhere. And so he just basically gave up. It was a hoodie, power bank, sunglasses, kind of wrote it off. That, well, it would be nice, but, you know, never mind. The next day, the guy follows him on Strava, but doesn't comment or send any other DMs to any of these other socials. Then... Another £2 donation with the correct phone number. Unfortunately, they were just heading home to Cheshire, hundreds of miles from Alec, who was in Essex. So he gave his address, didn't hold out hope. But good news, the bag made it back to him. One of the weirdest things was that the kit bags were clear, so you can see everything in them. Uh, I guess that is just marathon brains for you. You pick it, you if you get given a bag and told it's yours, you're like, yeah, fine, whatever. Yeah, Don't, yeah. Not even going to look at it. I can believe that. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, plus, he got a bonus seven pounds of donations to his charity via a new unorthodox one-way messaging service. I love it. That's hilarious. Fantastic. It's a good bit of thinking, though. Just like, yeah. well, I don't. I guess perhaps his number was off. How? Well, I don't know. Just think about then. How did? I suppose if he had stuff in the bag with his name on. They searched his name in London Marathon, maybe. Yeah. Well, if they were giving it by mistake, surely they can look if the the number attached to his bid. Ah, of course, yeah. Then, up, I'm assuming. But. Yeah, and then they could find his name at least, and then yeah. search his name, and then found his uh found his just giving. So yeah, good way to get donations. Mm. We also have a little tale of bullshit from Steffels on Instagram. So they said they ran the London Marathon and had a fab time. I think I can't remember it to be honest it was a blur but then on the Monday afternoon I suddenly had a very poorly tummy long story short I got norovirus from the course toilet that is rank it has to be there because it was the only place I was by myself from Thursday morning until Monday afternoon and and nobody else was ill had a little wee at mile 16 and must have picked up an extra free gift for my goodie bag oh god after 16 hours holding nothing down, no wee for 10 hours and kidney pain, oh. I finally conceded and went to see the lovely people in Charing Cross A&E. After some anti-sickness and the magic of IV fluid, I felt much better, meaning I could stand without my vision turning totally green. <laughs> I ran London as a once-in-a-lifetime event and I can confirm that marathon plus norovirus equals bullshit. 
That's a one and done from me for road marathons. Back to the trails. Oh God, I have had I have had norovirus and it is horrendous. And yeah, you can literally hold nothing down. I didn't get to the point where I was in A and E, but I I was close because you get so dehydrated. Yeah, I've had it once, but imagine having it with marathon legs as well. Oh God. Yeah. Oh, that's nasty. Horrendous. So nasty. Hopefully, not many other people got that, but I'm guessing they may. If it, if it was from a toilet, they oh, may well it, have got it's, that. Yeah, it's really contagious, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> We've also had an email from Brian Russell saying, having so much to keep track of while being a beginner runner is bullshit. I've tried and failed to become a runner multiple times and finally found good resources on the mechanics of running. Just go for a run, you say, but no, if I don't keep track of my pace, breathing and posture, it all goes to hell and I end up huffing myself to misery. So the physical part has become so much easier, but I'm mentally spending so much effort making sure I don't look like an asthmatic yeti while running. I can't wait to get to your level where I get to complain about nipples and race organisers. What a relief that would be. God, someone aiming to be at our level of running. <laughs> I've never heard somebody say that. I can't wait to get to your level, Amy. <laughs> what level? God. Like the depths what? of hell. Where you just where you just given up and don't give a shit. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah, I think Brian, don't worry. Like running is supposed to feel shit, like especially at the beginning. But it, it, I'm, I'm sorry, but it feels shit forever. Yeah, you just get quicker, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Or, or you just go further. Yeah, exactly. So. I would say reading about the mechanics of it is probably a waste of time because that feeling of it feeling shit is actually how that is running. Yeah, and it's the whole big thing as well of like don't force yourself to run in a different way if it's not immediately helpful. I don't know, it just feels like your body kind of knows what it's doing and you kind of need to lean into that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, clearly not an expert. I mean, get some expert help if you think that might help you, but... I don't know, you don't need to worry too much. And you might look like an asthmatic yeti, but you know what? You might just run like an asthmatic yeti. I know some people who look horrendous when they're running, but that's just what they look like when they're running, and it's fine. And finally, uh, I thought I needed to include this. We also had a DM on Twitter, which I think is worth including. Uh, Beard emoji, tired emoji. Hi, my name is Lily, and I want to make long-term friends of the opposite sex. I'm near you, according to the tips. Nice to meet you. I think we have a lot in common. We can try it together. I like to expand my horizons. So I'd love to hear your advice. If you have the time, beard emoji, tired emoji. We can go on an outing together or look at the stars. Looking forward to your reply uh, with a WhatsApp number and another beard emoji, tired emoji. He sounds really nice. nice. Yeah, we've made a friend. We can go and look at the stars. I've I've not made a friend because I'm not of the opposite sex. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. But well, you know, I'll let you know once we uh, expand horizons and have a look at the stars. I'll let you know how it's gone. What are the tips she's getting? Like that sounds like somebody's watching you. Well, they're getting tip off that we're just cleaning nearby. Perhaps it's just like some kind of friend matchmaker. That's yeah. nice. Oh, lovely. She sounds lovely. Yeah. So I'll let you know how that goes. What were the, what were her pictures like on her Twitter? Were they just normal? Uh, yeah, she looks lovely. She just there uh, sitting in a, in a cafe, looking out the window, oh. holding a coffee. Ah. Oh. So that's nice. So okay. hopefully, yeah, hopefully it goes well. Yeah. That'd be lovely. <laughs> It's a bullshit news. So, after the drama of Boston last episode, I'm afraid we have yet more racist bullshit. Fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, and this one's a doozy. I haven't even... Oh. You know what? I haven't even put in the full quote because it's just so disgusting. I couldn't even bear to put the full quote in it. It doesn't deserve um, to be put in. After you give the little quote, just leave a little gap just yeah, for people yeah, to yeah. scream or just, like, silently just... just I don't know. And if, just you, something. if you do want to find the full quote, you can find it online. It's even more, it's even more disgusting than this bit. You go ahead and have a look for it. But I, yeah, I, I don't even want to say it. Um, so former England Athletics director Julian Starkey has been hit with a three-year ban from the organisation after saying black athletes make good runners because they have to escape burglaries. Mm. What? I just, I, uh, yeah. And like I said, the full quote is is even more disgusting than that. But I don't want to. I don't even want to read it out because yeah. It's I mean, awful. this guy used to be used to be a club chair. He was, I think, he was an official with England Athletics. And it's just like it's so easy to think, oh, it's such a nineteen seventies attitude. And like it's not. 
it's a modern attitude. Yeah. Because this guy's still involved in top level sport. Yeah, and he, he obviously I mean, not now. he obviously felt it was okay to say that in a certain. People aren't stupid. They're not going to say even if they think certain things. They're not going to say them in certain contexts if they don't think it'll be approved by their peers. So why is he saying it in that context? Do you know what I mean? Like, luckily he's had that three year ban, but he must have <sighs> thought on some level or had some sort of indication on some level that that was acceptable to say. You know? Yeah, like even if it's like not a thing that he actually thinks, but he thinks, ah, oh, this is a good joke. Yeah, yeah, Cause, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, you, you know, yeah, you know, uh, yeah. and it's just like that's not a joke you can make. No, and he's probably made those jokes before, and the people around him may have laughed. So you know, it, it, there's something like systematically wrong with with things. Oh. Yeah. Yep, so the subsequent investigation found that he had made the alleged, alleged comments after being asked about the drop-off in participation rates among ethnically diverse athletes. So even the context is horrific. Like, he's being yeah. asked about partic- uh, dropping participation rates among ethnically diverse athletes. Like, why it's are we having issues? You. Yeah, why, it's because of why you. Yeah, why are we having That's issues why. with making running more diverse? This is why. It's, it, it's just absolutely disgusting and ridiculous it's just incredible yeah yeah um let's let's just move away from that um next story from cincinnati where organizers of the flying pig marathon decided to start the race like normal despite heavy rain and storms and warnings of things getting worse the race started at 6 30 a.m and just 45 minutes in officials decided to order a shelter in place order and then 45 minutes later they lifted that which is a complete shambles like not just a oh we're not sure about the race like you have to shelter like you have to find cover and stay there it is that dangerous yeah there's there's some great pictures on the um on the article of like people shelter some people sheltered in place but the majority of people just obviously carried on running because they issued the announcement on twitter as well like who's seeing yeah. that as you're running? <laughs> like no one's looking at yeah no I think it's like a yeah a marathon. No one's looking at Twitter during a marathon, yeah. and like people are wading through water above their ankles. And it's not just like heavy rain and winds. There was like l- massive lightning storm. Like some of the volunteers in the article say that like lightning was striking feet away from them. So it was genuinely properly dangerous to run. And they they knew a storm was coming, but didn't want to postpone. Mm. But I don't know. There's there's that whole thing. I, I kind of went back and forth a few times when I was reading it because there is a thing of if you're on the start line and you can see this storm coming, you don't have to race. Yeah. But then the race organizer tells you it's safe. So you think, oh, well, if they say it's safe, mm. then it must be okay. But you still have that responsibility. Ultimately, you have the responsibility for yourself. Yeah, yeah. But then it's that thing of someone in authority has said that it's okay to go ahead, so it kind of must be. And if everyone else is, then it must be okay. I'd, I'd kind of be on the... If I was on the fence about it, I don't know, because if I was on the fence about it and then the race organisers were like, yeah, it'd be fine, I'd probably just go with them because I'd think, well, you're experienced doing this race in conditions yeah. and da-da-da. Whereas, you know, if, if I was thinking, like, this is a hard no, then what? no matter what they said. But... Yeah, I, I think some people just assume, well, surely they know and surely they're thinking about our welfare. <laughs> yeah. And like there was the yeah, those images of people in a parking garage, like hundreds of people in there for 45 minutes. They must have been freezing. Yeah. Yeah. They must have been. Yeah. What a horrible race. Yeah. <laughs> Horrific. It's not worth it. Um, and finally, perhaps one of the most ridiculously pointless stories of the week pointless in terms of all the hoo-ha about something that doesn't fucking matter uh, uh, just go for the go for the headline of this because it's uh, from pink news which do fantastic yeah. headlines yeah so pink news has said bigots are raging because a trans woman ran in the london marathon and she came 6160th <laughs> like, lazy, just lays it out so well why do people fucking care like why like i get it if she placed if she placed Maybe the, you know, the whole debate around um, about trans people in sport would emerge, you know, and people would discuss it and da, 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 whatever, like, but this is such a non-story and it just, it makes me uncomfortable as well. It's almost like on a large scale, it's like this weird bullying sort of like, why are you picking on this poor woman? He's like, she, she's not winning races. Like, why are you like making headlines about her and targeting her? I don't know. It just it makes me so uncomfortable. Anyway, so Glenique Frank finished in four hours, eleven minutes, twenty eight seconds. That's all right. Again, Legend. she's not she's not 
breaking any world records or placing. Pretty pretty standard. Um, but the 54-year-old runner's achievement was met with instant criticism, with Mara Yamauchi, the third fastest British female marathon runner in history, claiming that world athletics and UK athletics rules had been broken. And I hate shit like this because it's which, like, why... Yeah, which they hadn't, by the which way. Which they hadn't. But it's such a punching down thing, isn't it? Like, Mara's this world-class athlete. Why does she care about somebody who won 6,000th, you know, place? Yeah. Like, why does she care? Oh, anyway, it gets worse. So misgendering Frank, she told Telegraph Sport, World Athletics and UK Athletics have rules that post-puberty males competing in the female category is unfair. What? This male competed under UK athletics transitional arrangements, but is still wrong and unfair. Like, how offensive is yeah. that? And the traditional and the transitional arrangements meant it was okay yeah. for her to enter in that category. Because, yeah, there was a rule change, but she entered before that rule change. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, she hasn't won or anything. Like, why are you bothered? She hasn't, like, stolen your place or what? Stolen. I'm using her words there, you know? She, she hasn't... Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? So Yamauchi went on to claim that nearly 14,000 women finished in a worse finished position because of Glenique Frank. Like, what? I want to ask a question here to everyone who's run a marathon. <laughs> what place did you finish? <laughs> Do you know? I bet you know your time. Do you know what place you finished? And I bet 90, 90, well, 95% plus do not know what position they finished and do not care. Yeah. Yeah, I think this this just exposes people like Mara for for what they are cuz why are they so bothered, you know? Like I said if if Glenique had placed, then maybe it would open some discussion cuz some people might be sour about that and and want to dispute it and Well, the thing is this know, was the headlines and even on a place I think it was even on like Fox News, it was like trans woman beats 14,000 people. <laughs> in London Marathon yeah but she lost to 6,000 people but the way they wrote it was she beat 14,000 people it makes it sound like she won and cheated everyone it makes me laugh Ugh. because it's like it's always assuming like by being trans you sort of have this superpower like in the Incredibles or something that you're super fast because you're trans and you're gonna like and I'm imagining her starting at the back and running super fast past 14,000 women <laughs> it's just absolutely ridiculous and the kicker is so Frank says she ran the marathon to raise money for good causes, adding that in 17 years she has raised more than £30,000 for UK charities. And maybe, maybe for Frank it's about that rather than, you know, quote-unquote cheating women out of a place, you absolute nutters. Like, what are you going on about? Yeah, I happened to look at Mario Mucci's uh, Twitter recently because it just happened to pop up at the top of the feed. It's a fucking bin fire as you might imagine yeah. she's one of these people now who's just turned you know what? i'm just going to spend all my time slagging off trans and non-binary people just because i can but this is the thing this is why it, it to me it makes me so uncomfortable because it's almost like especially targeting and they, they do this they target individuals people have discussions about these broader things around athletics and how um athletics are going to look at even things like non-binary divisions and stuff like that and how things might be changing and there's a broader debate around that but to target one woman who's not placed, nowhere near placing, and to, to use that as some sort of example to sort of illustrate some bigoted point that doesn't need to be illustrated. It's just, it's just like, this makes me so uncomfortable. It's really like targeting people. It's just disgusting. Like, why, why does she care? Why does Mara care about somebody who was so far off placing, like, it's just, just, I think it's awful. <laughs> Do you know what I'm doing? Literally right now, I'm looking at her donation page and I'm donating her some money for her charity. Have other people donated as well? Have people like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good. I'm glad yeah. it's getting like... You know, because it just shows how ridiculous these... It just shows where people's priorities are because Glenique's priorities are raising money for charity and running... It also said in the article how she runs for her mental health as well. Um, so that's her priorities. She's not trying... She's not some evil villain trying to... Steal places from women. That's ridiculous. Or she's not even gonna she's not even gonna place and win prize money. 
So, and, and the, like these... we said before, there's just a trans person around every corner just waiting yeah. to steal things from you. And it's like, and what's Mara's priorities? Like picking on some poor woman, like that's got nothing to do with her and misgendering her. For, for what reason? For what reason? What are you trying to achieve? No trans woman at the moment is 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 placing and and you know what i mean like this is not a trans woman who's placing like why would you why do you need to engage in this discussion what are you trying to achieve here it's ridiculous right yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's that's all i can say i could go about on about this all day it's just this it's it's just it's it's become this like massive political and social thing to debate when actually as these stories prove there's actually no reason to debate it there's no it's so it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter get a grip anyway what you got coming up next <laughs> oh yeah that was, a, that was a big news section there wasn't it <laughs> christ um well just a standard thing got 10 parkrun courses in a weekend nice. just gonna do that part of my training it's just an annual thing we do every year bit of park runathon just travel around do 10 parkrun courses i'm going to try and do them all this year i haven't done that for quite a while and run 50k over a weekend just for a laugh nice. i'm also doing a two mile race just to add to the the one mile races i've done and i'm going to move house so you know wow. just just that going on quite a lot going on hopefully i've got some energy left to do some running yeah. oh god it's one of the most stressful things from moving house isn't it so nah be easy <laughs> peace piss uh, Easy, mate. What about you? I'm not moving house. I I just got to do some runs before the Vogum. I think I've got three weekends, including this one, until the Vogum. So it feels quite mm-hmm. tight because this, the gap between the Canum and the Howam, I think that was four weekends I had for that. So, so this is the, it's a bit tight, but I'm hoping maybe next weekend to get a bit of a hilly run in, get some, you know, do some more hills because I'm not really thinking forward to the Vogum. I'm thinking forward to the Edom and then yeah. which I'm de- I, know, training for that. I know I can do the Vogum. The Vogum's fairly flat. That, that's going to be a piece of piss. That's fine. It's the Edom. So it's trying to squeeze in some hilly runs in between the Vogum and the Pigum. So, so yeah, that's it. Do some hills. Get ready for the Vogum. Do some hills. Do some nice. hills. I like that a lot. Nice. If you've enjoyed this bullshit, please visit runningisbs.com, see the show notes and links from this episode and the whole back catalogue, as well as links to our Patreon, merch store and social medias. Goodbye. Hope everyone gets a grip. (laughs) Racism? Not good.